All right. Hey, welcome back, guys, to the Stoic Sentinel podcast. Uh, this is Bryce. I'm your host. And we are covering some good stuff today. So just some announcements. Um, I am moving this back to once a month. Um, I, that allows me to put some more production value into it. Really helps me uh, create a better product for you guys. And I'm actually working on transferring over to another department. So that means field training and all that good stuff. So a lot of my attention is going to be on that. So I want to make sure that you guys get the best product I can possibly give you. So we are moving that back to releasing once a month. I think it'll work better. I think you'll get a better sounding product. I think you'll get a better overall experience from it. So on top of that, um, we are going to be trying some different things as well. We're going to be experimenting a little bit because that's how we make it better, right? Like I've told you before, this is a work in progress. I'm learning as I go. I refuse to sit and wait till I had it all perfect or figured out because that's just standing still. That's not moving forward. So I'm going to start uh, instilling some segments into the podcast. Uh, some regular segments that we can try stuff out, play around with stuff. And I would love to hear from you, see what you think about it. Uh, see if it's valuable to you, if you enjoy it. If not, not everything's going to make the cut, of course, and we might get some some gems out of it as well. So today on episode 10, we've I've titled it, Every Man Dies, Not Every Man Truly Lives. So... What is your plan for today? What are you putting off until tomorrow? We all do it, right? Truth is, there is no tomorrow. It doesn't exist. This is your last day on earth. Now what's your plan? Did what you have planned for the day change? Because it should have. Because it's absolutely true. Tomorrow is not promised to us. As law enforcement, this is especially true, right? Few modern humans go to work every day with the knowledge that they may not come back home. We do every single day. And watch the news. There's more and more police officers being killed every day. Every year, it's going up. Okay, so tomorrow is not promised. Right. We never know when we leave that door at night if we're coming back at the end of the day. And yet, we put off things as if the next 20 years is a sure thing for us. We're already planning our retirements, right? Especially some of us older guys. So we put off things. We put off fitness. We put off relationships. We put off self-improvement. It's always, I'll do it later. Oh, I'll get to that someday. Learning new skills or sharpening old ones. We waste time obsessing over the past or worrying about what's coming in the future. We waste our lives on idle entertainment and hoarding calories that we'll never get around to burning off. All right, we'll say one day I'll join a gym. One day I'll start working off this box of donuts. Okay, well, stoicism provides specific counters to this mindset. Tools that can help us get on the track 
that will help us put us in the moment to give us a better future, whatever that looks like. So today we're going to explore three phrases that will help you lower anxiety, help you defeat procrastination, uh, help prepare you for hardships, and just overall help you live a more fully and intentional life. That didn't make sense. A more full and intentional life. Okay, as always, reach out to me on Instagram or through email. Uh, Instagram, it's uh, at the Stoic Sentinel. And you can reach me at uh, by email at the Stoic Sentinel at gmail.com. Honestly, if you have any questions, if you have any thoughts on something I've said or disagree, reach out to me. Shoot me an email. Let me know. Let's start a dialogue. That's why I'm here is to reach out to you guys. All right. And as I mentioned, we're diving into three common stoic phrases that help us live that more intentional life. Um, before we do that, I'm actually going to start with our first new segment, which I'm calling the stoa, where I'll cover any questions, any stories from listeners, um, any random ideas that I might have come up with during the week. Uh, a book that I'm reading that's been particularly helpful, anything like that. So without further ado, here is the Stoa. haven't quite stimulated the audience enough to get y'all engaged. So I'm doing my best. I'm trying to work forward, trying to make this better for y'all. So if anything piques your interest, makes you a question, makes you say, Hmm, makes you say he's full of shit, anything, shoot me an email, shoot me a DM on uh, Instagram. Let's start a conversation. So haven't got any questions from anybody yet. So uh, for the very first STOA, I'm going to share a little bit about what's going on in my life right now um, and kind of share a lesson that I've used stoicism for in my own life. So in the last half year or so, I uh, haven't been very happy with the department that I've been in for a long time. Uh, eight years now, I've been with this department and started to look around and realize that I wasn't going anywhere there. There were a lot of small factors that I won't go into, but ultimately um, I looked around and decided that I'm not growing here. I'm not getting better here. I need a change. Uh, so once I realized that, I started looking at what was holding me back because I really didn't want to leave, um, but there were some circumstances that were making that look more and more like the case. So I, I stopped and I looked at it. It's like, okay, well, what's holding me back? And I realized it was fear. Uh, it was fear to start over somewhere else. Fear to leave my friends behind at the PD. Fear of feeling I had failed to help things uh, improve like I wanted to. Uh, fear to take a pay cut because I was going from a uh, supervisor position you know, back to officer. And drop back to the bottom of seniority. 
fear of putting myself back through uh, the grueling crucible of a hiring process. I'm, I'm 41 years old. Wasn't something that appealed to me all that much. And any, any of y'all that have been through that process, I'm sure understand, especially some of us that went through uh, in the older days. But with the help of some friends, my wife, uh, one of my best buddies who went to the academy with me that works at the agency that I applied for, some deep self-analysis, I realized that I had to take my own advice that I give here on the podcast. I had to use fear as my compass heading. I looked at all those fears and determined that a large portion of them just came from ego. Uh, then I determined that by, by doing the uncomfortable, facing my insecurities, telling my ego to shut the hell up, this opportunity was going to make me grow and make me better. It was going to challenge me. It was going to push me. It was going to make me uncomfortable. And that's where the growth lies. So I looked for a place that would challenge me, support me, where I could grow as an officer, as a person, where I could be a benefit and a value to others. And luckily, I think I found it. So I'm just about through the process, um, just waiting on my final offer now. So look at your situation. Look around, guys. Everybody's hiring right now. I don't want to talk somebody into leaving somewhere that they're happy or fulfilled or growing. But look around. Does your agency allow you to grow? Is it allowing you to do the things that you want to do? Does it stimulate you? Do you know your why? And are you there to actively pursue it? And are you able to pursue it the way you want to? Ask yourself those questions and make the most out of your time and your career. Because it is short. We never know how short our careers are going to be. We all have an expiration date on our careers and we have no idea what it is. Okay. And that feeds right into our topic today uh, and three phrases to help you live a more intentional life. which is what we're going to go right into now because I know that's the meat and potatoes. That's what you really want to hear. So our topic today is three vital phrases to live the intentional life. So the very first one is amor fati, which basically translate into love fate. Epictetus said, don't demand that things happen as you wish, but wish that they happen as they do happen, and you will go on well. So whatever happens in life, don't just look at it and say, man, I wish it wasn't happening this way. Say, this is the way it happened. There's nothing I can do about it except accept it and move on and make the, the best of it. Events are so often out of our control that wishing they were different is a waste of time and it accomplishes absolutely nothing. It doesn't move us forward. It keeps us in place. It's, it's basically sitting there whining about something that we have no control over. So identify what has happened, accept it, and respond in a productive way. Look at, look at any situation. How can I use 
what has happened to practice virtue, right? Is this an opportunity to practice courage, whether moral or physical, uh, wisdom? Is this something that I can share wisdom or gain wisdom from? Self-control or more commonly called temperance as far as the four cardinal virtues? Patience. Is this something that I can practice patience in? This is the one I focus on a lot. Um, when I get it in my head that I can use a situation to practice patience. It changes my whole view of the situation. Or justice. Pretty much every situation should fall under one of those four virtues that we can follow to make our lives as excellent as they can be. Okay, All the world is a training ground to live well. Every day is our testing ground on if we're becoming the person that we want to be. Without challenges, we become comfortable and weak, and we're never knowing what we're capable of overcoming. So this is one of the hardest stoic concepts for me, as well as a lot of others to embrace. I understand it, um, but it is the most difficult to practice in certain, certain circumstances. Just because it, it doesn't mean love the good things that happen. It means love everything that happens. Accept it as part of your story and make it a positive influence uh, in your pursuit of excellence. So this means bad things happening to you as well. An injury. Okay, well, how can I use one of those virtues to make this a positive thing in my life? Um, I recently went to street, uh, street dog training, street dog, sheep dog training, excuse me, uh, Tim Kennedy's company down in Austin. And one of our instructors there for Brazilian jiu-jitsu was, I believe he was a Marine that had stepped on an IED and lost both of his legs right around the knee. And Think about how he could have looked at that and said, well, my life has ended here. Look at all these things that I can't do. But instead, he got some, he got some pretty impressive uh, artificial limbs, but he took up jujitsu. He took up learning jujitsu and he teaches jujitsu to kids and others. He taught us. Um, he makes light of his situation. He understands it. And he's moved on with it. Does he have tough days? I'm sure he does. But he didn't decide that that was the end of his life. He decided that he could move on and do great things with the hand that fate had dealt him. Marcus Aurelius said, something happens to you? Good. It was meant for you by nature. Woven into the pattern from the beginning. And Jocko Willink has something similar. If you look up uh, good by Jocko Willink, as he says, if you can say good, then you're still breathing. That means you can deal with it. If it hasn't killed you, then you can deal with it. And this also means personal loss, illness, uh, injury, bankruptcy, uh, death of loved ones, losing a job, failing at a goal, pretty much any negative thing you can think of. Hard, hard things to accept as positives but that is where the value lies, right? The obstacle becomes the way. 
And I think the probably the death of loved ones is the one that maybe makes people uh, kind of take a step back. Um, and you're right, it's it's very difficult to see the death of a loved one as a positive thing. So maybe not so much a positive thing, but something that you accept is happening and you find ways to not let that keep you down. Whether that's remembering them, you know, in a good light, remembering the, the good times with them, doing something in honor of them that helps other people. Just as an example. You know that there's nothing you can do about it. So you take the situation and you do the best you can with it to do something positive. So naturally, the, the ability to do this, it's not just inherited by following stoicism, by reading some quotes on Instagram, right? It's not a superpower that is bestowed um, by reading meditations. It is a, it's a practice. It's a developed school, a skill. And the act of preparing yourself for such events, which actually brings us to the next phase, excuse me, the next phrase. So no excuses, no finger pointing, no blame games, accept what you cannot control, uh, practice those virtues and relentlessly move towards your goals. And a final quote on that, it's by Marcus Aurelius again, it's unfortunate that this has happened. No, it's fortunate that this has happened and I've remained unharmed by it, not shattered by the present or frightened of the future. It could have happened to anyone, but not everyone could have remained unharmed by it. So that's Amor Fati, loving fate, basically accepting what the uncontrollable creates for us as a testing ground for our virtues and doing the best that we can for it, with it. So that sets us up for the next phrase. So we covered Amor Fati. The next phrase for living the intentional life is, and excuse me if I butcher this, I'm, I'm not versed in Latin very well, premeditatio malorum. It's the premeditation of bad things ahead. Seneca said, rehearse them in your mind, exile, torture, war, shipwreck. All the terms of our human lot should be before our eyes. So basically looking ahead and preparing for the bad things that can happen in life so that we're not broadsided by them. I think this comes pretty natural to cops. We do it professionally all the time. Uh, teach when I was, a, uh, I was a PTO, a police training officer, I would teach the recruits the what if game. We're driving along. Okay, well, what if this happens right now? What if that happens? Okay, you do that. Well, what if this happens then? And having them do that constantly to rehearse in their mind and have a plan for them to fall back on if, if shit goes sideways. Why do we do that? So we're not caught unaware and lose the upper hand in a situation. To respond quicker uh, due to having a plan, right? Speeds up our OODA loop process. It gives us the edge in stressful or emotional situations when that amygdala, amygdala is hijacked and our blood pressure shoots up and we get all those uh, effects of stress. And this just also applies to all of life. If we are prepared to lose our jobs, we can take steps to prepare for that situation. And if it happens, the shock will not be as bad. It's almost expected. We have a plan in place for that. You know, we've got 
three to six months worth of savings just in case that thing happened. Um, we've made peace with it that that job is not ours, right? That's an indifferent. It doesn't belong to us. It's lent to us. It can be taken back at any time. If we accept that our loved ones will die someday, we can take steps to prepare ourselves for that unthinkable day if it happens. Will we still have an emotional response to it? Yes, that's natural. But it won't destroy us. It'll still hurt. Stoicism does not intend for us to be unfeeling robots. The feelings are natural, but they will not overcome us. Uh, it's the heart of resilience. One way to think of it is, I, th I believe it was Marcus Aurelius that said, um, my loved ones have been lent to me. When I lose them, they've been returned. So he enjoyed the time that he had with them because he lost quite a few of his kids, if I'm not mistaken. He had a lot of death in his life. And he continued to rule the Roman Empire. And it is well documented that he was very upset by these things. He still felt that pain, but he did not allow it to overcome him. He was still able to operate. Ryan Holiday said, Devastation. The feeling that we're absolutely crushed and shocked by an event is a factor of how unlikely we considered that event in the first place. So the harder an event hits you, just broadsides you out of nowhere like a train, that means that you did not consider it as a possibility. You did not take the time to think, okay, what can happen? Everything's going good now, but what could possibly happen down the road that I can prepare for? And it's not supposed to be about anxiety or fearing the future. That's the difference between premeditatio malorum and uh, just uncontrolled fear of what's going to happen. Fearing the uncontrollable. What you're doing is a controlled and intentional practice of not fearing the future, but preparing for it. Knowing that not everything is going to be sunshine and rainbows forever. And that there is going to be something in the future that's going to hit us hard. So if we can prepare ourselves physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, it's going to have less of an impact on us. This is a long quote, um, but it's very important. I think it really sums up this idea. Marcus Aurelius said, when you wake up in the morning, tell yourself, the people I deal with today will be meddling, ungrateful, arrogant, dishonest, jealous, and surly. They are like this because they can't tell good from evil. But I have seen the beauty of good and the ugliness of evil and have recognized that the wrongdoer has a nature related to my own, not of the same blood or birth, but the same mind and possessing a share of the divine. And so none of them can hurt me. No one can implicate me in ugliness, nor can I feel angry at my relative or hate him. We were born to work together like feet, hands, and eyes, like the two rows of teeth, upper and lower. To obstruct each other is unnatural. To, fear ang to feel anger at someone, to turn your back on him, these are obstructions. Okay, so, I mean, that's tailor-made for law enforcement. 
we should not be surprised when we deal with difficult people. That's pretty much our job description. If things were going great and people were acting rationally, I wouldn't be there. Right? I know there will be people who hate me because the media has told them that I'm evil since they were young. I know there will be selfish people acting out of pure ego. Right? I know there are parents that are going to be using their kids as pawns to get back at each other. I know there will be emotional upset parties that I am responsible for de-escalating and helping them get back to a rational state of mind. If we're prepared for these people, we won't be surprised or upset by them. We know this is the job. We understand not everyone has the skills or the maturity or the self-awareness that we have obtained through our self-work or our experience. We were at that point in our lives at some point. Show them a better way to be. Use them to practice patience, courage, justice, wisdom. They are your training ground. Show them what excellence looks like. So the bottom line is, nothing can harm us if we refuse to be harmed. Even our natural emotional responses to trauma can be lessened and controlled if we expect it to occur and prepare for it. Just like in stressful situations or even training scenarios that replicate high stress, right? We, that stress inoculation training, we will fall to the level of our training. So train for misfortune and it loses a lot of its effect on us. Ooh, it's hot in Texas. I'm thirsty, dehydrated. So the last phrase, this one should be posted up in every police department in the nation, I believe. And it is memento mori. Remember that you must die. I'm sure this one's a pretty common one. You may have heard this somewhere. Uh, it's a pretty central theme to stoicism. Good old Marcus once again said, let each thing you would do, say, or intend be like that of a dying person. Stoics understand that death is not to be feared, as there's no natural thing outside our control that should be. You weren't afraid before you were born, and there's nothing going to be, uh, this goes into what you believe in an afterlife, but me personally, I think once we're done, we're done. I think it's just eternity after that. So I wasn't afraid of what happened before I was born. I'm sure not afraid of what's going to happen afterwards. But we have no idea when death is going to take us. And it honestly doesn't matter because we can't control it anyway. All we have is now, right now. This moment is all we own. The past is gone and has no power over us whatsoever. Unless we allow it. The future is not promised. Each second is, uh, as one of my favorite podcasters, 10.8 said, it's playing with house money. Today is done. This is what we had. Look, you got an extra day to do something. What are you going to do with it? So use it like it's your last moment. Don't live in fear because that is the same as dying early. It has the same outcome as not doing anything. And you lose all the incredible moments that living provides. And you don't extend your life one day. Stop waiting. Act. 
There is no tomorrow. Okay. Tomorrow is something that people made up. You think dogs think about tomorrow? No. You think any animal? It's like, man, I'm just going to do that tomorrow. I'll go catch that wildebeest tomorrow. I'm a little, you know, a little, little worn out today. No. They don't think there is a tomorrow. All they know is now. So act accordingly. Think of yourself as dead. This is Marcus Aurelius again. You have lived your life now. Take what's left and live it properly. What doesn't transmit light creates its own darkness. Epictetus went on to say, I cannot escape death, but at least I can escape the fear of it. Death will happen to all of us. It is not something to fear because we cannot avoid it. We cannot control it. We won't even know what happened. We'll be here one minute, we'll be gone the next. We all have an expiration date that's hidden from us, like I said before. So live well and be ready for it when it comes. Uh, Marcus Aurelius's teacher in Stoicism, Musonius Rufus, said, Given that all must die, it is better to die with distinction than to live long. So he's basically saying the length of our lives is irrelevant. It's the quality of the life lived that matters. So fill your life with quality. Every day, pack as much quality as you can into it because you don't know what the length of it is going to be. All we have is this moment. So use it. Uh, The Stoics did not intend for us to live recklessly and rush towards death. That's not what they're saying. Especially in policing, that can be dangerous uh, to ourselves, others. But what they mean is to use every moment in the pursuit of making our lives worthy of the time given to us. Uh, to improve the world through, enli- through living uh, an excellent life. The people we help deserve the best version of you, just as you deserve to experience life as that version yourself. So the key virtue here is courage to live like you're dying because you are from the second you're born. So banish the fear of death and work tirelessly to provide the world uh, the very best possible version of yourself. Courage entails standing up for your principles despite the consequences. Okay, that's character. This is true courage, physical and moral. I'm going to close it out with a quote by Marcus. He said that he, you know, he had a lot of, a lot of thoughts on this subject. When the longest and shortest lived of us dies, their loss is precisely equal. For the sole thing of which any of us can be deprived is the present. Since this is all we own and nobody can lose what is not theirs. So there you go. When someone dies, it's not the length of their life that matters. It's what they did with that moment. Because you can't lose the past. You don't own it. We're losing the mo- We're losing the present. So when we die, that present is gone. Not the past, not the future, that moment. So we're all equal. So make that moment count. So there you go, guys. That's the uh, the three statements for a more intentional life. Um, they're kind of deep, uh, and they can rub people some the wrong way. 
I don't know if I did the best job of explaining it. Uh, that's how I understand it. So if there's something you disagree with or don't quite understand, let me know. Do your own research, please. Don't ever take what I say for granted because I'm learning this as well. But this is how I understand it from my studies. So Amor Fati, Love Fate, Premeditatio Malorum, which is the premeditation of bad things ahead, and Memento Mori, remember that you will die. Three phrases to remind you to control what you can control, use every circumstance to your benefit, uh, predict and prepare for anything that can come our way, and remember to use every moment to its fullest extent. So I hope you guys got something out of this one. Um, like I said, I know it's a deep subject, so I'd love to extend the conversation. Uh, we can talk about it in the STOA. If anybody throws out any questions or stories or uh, challenges, hey, I want to hear it all. And as always, let me know what you want to hear about. Uh, throw me some questions. I'll have a, if we have enough, then I'll extend the STOA. We'll just do a whole episode on listener questions or comments or stories. Um, I'd love to do that. I'd love to get you some more interaction going there. I have a post already on Instagram. If you just want to throw questions on there, I can answer it that way. You can DM me. You can email me. Whatever you need to do. Whatever the easiest for you. So again, always reach out to me at uh, the Stoic Sentinel on Instagram or the Stoic Sentinel at gmail.com. Um, please go and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, I forget what they're called, uh, Spotify, whatever you listen on. If it allows you to give a review, please do. Uh, please give me a rate. As high as you think I would like, as high as you think I deserve. Five stars, of course, appreciated. So this is Bryce with Stoic Sentinel. So until next time, be vigilant, be virtuous, and be dangerous when called to be so. Be a Sentinel.